Welcome to the Real Triathlon Podcast. I'm your host, Garrick Lowen, here with Nicholas Chase and Jackson Lund. Welcome back to the Real Triathlon Podcast. Today it is myself, Garrick Lowen, and my good friend, Jackson Laundry. Uh, we are currently sitting in our bed at the beautiful West End in Cozumel because we just wrapped up uh, the RTS training camp here. It was a great week. Uh, it was a great proof of concept, and I'm very excited for next year. This is a sweet spot, and everything went smoothly. We had a great group, but we're just, yeah, we're going to touch upon that today. Then we're going to talk about uh, what we know about the PTO uh, races coming up or what we are allowed to speak of. Not that we actually know anything other than what's already been announced, but and uh, then we're going to touch upon kind of because we've been in this camp and, you know, we spent time, we had a bunch of pros here and we we're talking a lot and we're just going to talk about just like, what are some tendencies that you see in pro athletes and maybe athletes who want to take the steps to the next level, but are the step to the, yeah, up to the next level, but just haven't and what you can adapt and kind of learn from that and what it takes. So Jackson, how are you feeling? You ready to get this podcast on the road? Yeah, I'm feeling good. I'm. We got one more, basically one more training day here. Tomorrow, the camp's wrapped up, but Garrick and myself and my dad and Flacca are here until Saturday. Right now, we're recording on Thursday night, so got a big day tomorrow. Uh, camp's been awesome, though. Let's, yeah, let's start with that. So the camp, we pulled it together um, a little bit on the later side for a camp, but that's pretty standard for a first year camp we just wanted to get a small group out and, and kind of test things out and we've talked a lot with everyone who came and the the sort of the overall consensus is that everyone had a really great time so we're at an all-inclusive here it's a little bit of a I would say compared to camps I've done before definitely a little bit more of a laid-back vibe and not like anything crazy for training I think the longest ride anyone did was like four hours um which is great and that's a super plenty long ride for january for most people um and so i i've really enjoyed the like especially the the less sort of pressure atmosphere um which is i think what you need when you're doing a camp basically mid to late january um yeah and getting the sun i mean the weather's been great it rain it's rained a couple times but overall it's been good and it's warm. Like even when it rains, you're not cold. It's it's been 28 Celsius or like close to 80 pretty much every day, um, yeah. which has been really nice. You got to be a little bit uh, prepared for that for the run because you really lose a lot of water. But it's been awesome. Yeah. And just talking about the environment that we're in right now. So we're staying at the West in Cozumel and that's where we hosted the camp from. So there's actually a 25 meter pool right next to the ocean here. And then you have uh, an infinity pool in the ocean. So you can, you jump off the dock, you're in beautiful crystal clear water. There's marine life around. It's, it's wonderful. There's people snorkeling everywhere and, um, you can just swim forever. We did yesterday, we did a 5k swim in the open water and it was great. It's beautiful, warm, uh, not yeah. too warm, not too hot in the water. You know, it was great. And then we have the 25 meter pool where we do some technical work and stuff as well. And then. We went and there's a, a local pool here. We rented out the whole pool 
and we did a great workout the one day we had two hours in that pool and we had all the lanes set to different uh varying abilities and yeah we kind of just got the work done and then for biking you're biking right out the door here it's there's a couple speed bumps but other than that you go down we're staying a little out of town you go down this road you hang left before you get into town and you're basically right there you're just Pretty much riding the course for the 70.3 yeah. and the full that's here. And once you get to the far end of the island, which is only about 30, 40 minutes from where we are, there's actually a bike path. So it's bike only path. It's the size of a road, two lane road. And it wraps all around. It's almost two thirds of the island. Like it's probably a good 50 K worth of riding. Yeah, it's great. You have yeah. to, you have to dive back out onto the road just for a couple spots where you have to go around some buildings but it's really yeah we've had no issues with vehicles at all like really um courteous vehicles in the in the areas where they are sort of uh, mixed in with the bikes but really been been awesome i've been pleasantly surprised with the cycling because there is kind of just the one loop um so it's it's not hugely variable but it's uh it doesn't it didn't feel like it got boring at all to me um so Tomorrow we're going to be doing our probably our longest ride about four hours and we're kind of just going out to the loop once around almost all the way around the loop and then turning around and coming back and that'll be about four hours so uh, looking forward to that but the crosswinds can be a little bit strong in the one section so um, it's a bit hard like people who had the tri bikes were having to come out of arrow sometimes for that but other than that it's it's been great. And it's yeah. beautiful along that coast. You're you're riding along the ocean. It's it's really, really beautiful. So that's really cool too. And then for running, we've got just a super quiet road here. And it's about 4K out, 4K back. And we've seen maybe one or two cars the whole time we've been running on that stretch. It's it's really nice. It's through the jungle, kind of, and uh super quiet. And guys have been out there doing tempo runs and we've had some group runs and and then the the gym here is well well stocked and got a handful of treadmills as well and good exercise equipment so it's been great yeah it's been really good um and it's simple it's easy like that's the thing i like about it, is you do everything right from the hotel and you're good to go the open water swimming has probably been my favorite part just with there is a current so it's it's nice though because you kind of uh have some it kind of changes things up as you flip back and go back and forth we've been doing laps of about 150 to 200 meters each way um and we've kind of been doing most of our hard efforts against the current and it really it really uh it just gives you something to kind of think about and you got to work on your you got to have pretty efficient uh form to keep your speed up but everyone's been able to to battle the current no problem um yeah it's not a very strong current it's just there yeah it's there but, but it's great for drafting because you get a much better draft into the current so that's been good but yeah, camp's been great, and uh, we're going to get into talking about, what are we talking about today, Garrick? Five habits of professional athletes. Yeah, let's kind of touch upon the PTO news real quick oh, before yeah. we move on to that. So there was a leak that Las Vegas, Lake Las Vegas is going to host a PTO race, and um, that's where we did our pro camp last year, and it's a great spot. So I'm pretty excited for that. We don't really know. We can't say who has gotten pro contracts yet uh, because only a handful have announced. I think 
maybe only some of the wild cards have announced for just for show sakes. But uh, yeah, Lake Las Vegas is going to be sweet if you're in the U.S. Check that one out. Um, there is probably going to be other ones that are sooner than that. Uh, I think we can all put together that Malibu is going to be a PTO race just because they actually backed um, the the team that bought that bid for the Malibu triathlon uh, through the government after or through the um, local municipal government there's after uh, Super League lost their permit. So I'm willing to bet there'll be a PTO race there, but yeah, we will see. So at least it seems like things are coming together and there's going to be PTO races. And uh, honestly, I haven't paid too much attention to it because all I need to do is get my ass qualified and then I will go. Um, so that's my main focus and looks like the best opportunity to do that. If you're not already in is to do the, the Ironman series, because those races uh, are going to be pretty valuable with the level of competition. If you can, you know, get on some podiums. So we'll see, but yeah, I mean, PTO stuff, I think this year is going to be pretty big for them. Uh, they were saying all last year, how it was a building year towards this year. So I'm looking forward to seeing what they're able to pull together and hopefully the broadcasts have just keep getting better. Yeah. And we've heard anything from 12 to eight races. I'm going to say it's probably going to be closer to eight races and that we, many. Yeah. And Holy. we know based on not our reporting, but other reports saying that you'll have to race six times uh, of the eight, which makes sense. And it's, what did you say, 16 athletes is going to be? Yeah, I think it's the top 16 are in plus four wild cards, something like that. Um, so we'll see. We'll, I mean, I think that the general uh, feeling about that that I've heard that most people share is that that's not quite enough. Um, I agree with that. I think 30 or 25 to 30 is a much better number for entertainment purposes. You're just going to get more battles. You're going to get more excitement. Um, so we'll see, but I do get it. They want to focus on the athletes. They want to have a number that they can focus on so that people start to understand the personalities and the stories. And it's a little bit more manageable at that number. And I do for sure get that. But at the same time, I think the most exciting PTO events from last year were the ones with the bigger fields. Um, and that's kind of, in my opinion, going to be the most important thing, but we'll see. Um, I just, yeah can't wait to get myself qualified and right now i'm ranked i think 39 or 38 and mark's 39 we're almost exactly the same um so we got to get a couple more results at the bigger races where the points really start to add up yeah so but anyways we're not a news podcast we are the real triathlon podcast so yeah, whatever else we want to be yeah so let's uh talk about some real triathlon stuff so like I said, there's a group of us, there's six pros here. Um, and I feel like we've all competed at fairly high levels. And something that we notice is there are some attributes that are fairly consistent. And then just from um, hearing coaches, like we're all coaches as well, and hearing perhaps athletes that some of the coaches have coached who wanted to take the next step but aren't weren't able to quite um make it or haven't been able to make it yet uh and kind of what they're lacking a bit so 
this is something we brainstormed all together and uh but jack and i were delivering it to you guys it's so number one that we came up with just um is discipline and that's kind of an obvious one just like not skipping workouts but and that's like not just not skipping workouts but when you don't feel like doing the workouts you still get that still get it done you know like there's some days wake up and i'm just like i can't even imagine i can't fathom even like today i woke up and i was like all we had was an easy swim because it was recovery day today and i was like i can't fathom getting in the water but yeah sometimes mexico is tough because it's an amazing spot but you kind of feel like just sitting at the beach for a day and just not training but i felt the same thing we were like really slow getting out to that swim but yeah discipline is totally it's the most important single trait that i would say every single pro athlete shares and you know even even ever even a ton of age groupers do um that do really well and obviously it really depends on your goals and and sort of like what you want to get out of the sport but um if performance is a goal then you're not always, always going to be super motivated. That's kind of the thing. Like motivation comes and goes, but if you're disciplined, you'll get the work done no matter what, because there's going to be days you just don't want to do it. And that happens to me a lot. Like there's lots of days where I'm just like not feeling it. Um, Hopefully, you know, it comes in waves. Sometimes there's like a couple of weeks where I'm not feeling it. And then you just kind of push through. But most of the time, you know, you kind of want to, but then the odd day you don't. So those days you really got to stay disciplined and just get it done. And um, as long as it's not like you're not feeling like doing it because you have a fever of 102, well then yeah, don't do it. <laughs> and that, that comes with the next one, which is accountability. Uh, you you kind of need to be accountable. So with your training, you know, you got to be flexible. Sometimes stuff does happen and like when we're saying you got to get done, you got to get done. Well, sometimes fit hits the sham and something happens. Maybe your trainer breaks that day or there's a big snowstorm and you can't get to the pool that day or, you know, something happens. You miss, you miss a workout. You just, you, it just doesn't get done or you need to be accountable enough to know, okay, where it, is that session on the the list of priorities in terms of where like it was what, what the priority was this week. So, and what does this look like with the next few days going forward? Like for me, I'm always holding myself accountable that if something happens, I'm going to get my two hard bike workouts in my two hard run workouts and at least three hard swims in and with that, I'm also not going to miss more than two days of a single sport. And with exception, sometimes for running. But other than that, like I'm accountable, I'm keeping the frequency there. And if, say, something happens, I miss my Monday morning long bike work- workout, I'm looking okay. Because that's one of my important rides this week, I'm going to say, how am I going to readjust this week? So that that fits in and I don't miss another day and start extending time off the bike by two, three days. Same thing with the pool. Perhaps the pool is closed. The one day, how am I going to make sure that I'm getting in the water and swimming 
the next day? How am I getting this workout done? Are these two workouts able to go back to back? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. If that's not the case, then how am I going to move the next hard workout? Or maybe you're going to flip-flop these workouts perhaps. And sometimes you can check with your coach on how to how to manage that. But the main thing, even if you, like Garrick said, you got your two, two for him, it's two key bikes, two key runs, and three key swims. Sometimes you might then have to miss one of the non-key sessions in order to get the key sessions in. And that's very critical. And I've talked about this this week with, you know, uh, we talked about this in one of our, in one of the camp sort of uh, evening chats uh, when Nicole was doing a presentation and talking about um, sort of fitting triathlon into your life. And then, you know, she kind of mentioned about the priority of the workouts. And then we had to talk about like, if you, if you got to get certain workouts done, it's your key quality sessions where you're doing um, you're doing your intensity, you're doing your intervals, or maybe it's not even intervals. Maybe it's just like your long run or your long ride or whatever the case may be. You identify those key workouts and build your whole week around those because that's the key to really improving is getting those done consistently. And if you have to miss something, make sure it's something that's a little bit lower priority if you can. So, um, yeah, that was one of the great things. And and it's something else to mention about the camp. We did a few talks in the evenings where we just went over different topics of giving people an opportunity to learn and chat about nutrition, um, fitting your triathlon into your busy life if you're full-time working uh what else did we talk about we talked about tips for swimming, swimming and running yeah just and just like general just kind of form tips and then we a lot of it was very discussion based and people asked questions and chimed in and gave their opinions and it was really uh cool to have those conversations yeah and another part just touching going back on like missed sessions and being accountable for that sometimes it means that in order to fit it all in, you have to miss a nut, like something of another sport. So maybe you have to get that key bike in, which means you're going to miss a mid-level swim. So th- this is more applicable to people training five swims, five bikes, five, six runs a week, as opposed to three, three, and three. But um, nonetheless, like that's tends to be where the, what pros are, pros are at, but that's, you have to, you know, figure out how that's going to fit. It doesn't just because you, you miss a bike. Well, it doesn't mean that you're, and perhaps, perhaps on your schedule, you normally have two days off of bike. It's five days on two days off and then you miss one and then it's your next two days off. Well, what you're probably going to do is skip a low priority swim or run and, yeah move that bike into that right um and that's important so and just keeping in mind like obviously this is for pro athletes people aspiring to be pros or like if this is your if you're going to worlds and you're like super focused and this is what you want to do then keep this in then these are the things you got to do to to make those workouts happen um but if that's not you and you're doing it for fun then jamming a workout in when you're when things aren't adding up and it's just not making sense to do it probably isn't the call. So uh, maybe actually we could even, once we get through all these, we could go through it on another level of like, what if you're sort of at a lower um, focus on triathlon and just doing it more as recreational. 
um, because then things start to change. And I think a lot of people lose their perspective with the sport. Like one thing that I really have tried to remind myself of lately is that this is supposed to be fun. And for me, obviously it's a job and I have a really high priority on it, but I get really sad when I see, especially age group athletes that are super hard on themselves and they, they just feel so down if, if they didn't reach such and such a goal. And then to me, I just, I just really hope that people generally keep it. It still should be fun most of the time. And if it's not, then there's something that's, you know, a little bit off with whether it be lifestyle or goals in the sport or what have you. Um, but doing a performing at a really high level is also very fun. So that's what yeah. that's what a lot of us are going for. And I think that's the type of people that gravitate towards triathlon. Yeah. Like the fun is going fast, I think, sometimes. And it's like seeing your hard work pay off, whether for whatever level you're at, whether that's finishing the race or finishing an Ironman in under eight hours. So there's fun in, in it all. Um, and just doing something hard is fun too. So number three we got on here is uh, recovery. So big broad topic there that's a very there's a lot we can talk about here but when we say recovery it's like purposeful recovery so today was a recovery day and jack and i both took two naps yeah that was uh, crazy that's yeah. a, that's more than usual but when we've trained we trained hard probably six pretty much trained hard six days in a row with one not hard training day where we went out on a boat and we're in the sun and had a few drinks and did something that we wouldn't normally do but you just, it still takes a toll and you have to take that into account just because you didn't train that day doesn't necessarily mean it was a good recovery day. So we both yeah, had today as like, oh, it's a recovery day. Let's see how we feel. Maybe we'll do a little spin, a little run, a little this. Well, we ended up just doing a swim pretty much and sleeping most of the day. Garrick went and got a massage. I did a little strength session. So that's, yeah, yeah that and was huge for us. So, and for a lot of us who are time strapped, but trying to perform at a high level, that means like really setting boundaries on the rest and everything else in your life and blocking that off as like, no, I know I'm not doing anything, but I'm not going to let that fill with perhaps it's work or something else. Um, going or, out drinking. Yeah. Or going out drinking and partying, like stuff like that. Right. Um, where it's like, okay, no, this is like my recovery. Um, Maybe we're sitting down watching a movie instead of going out and drinking. That's a great example. Because that's like anti-recovery, as much fun as it is. Yeah. So. Um, number four, we got big picture. Okay. So this is, this is kind of where, like, it, it really ties into what we were talking about earlier. But, like there's going to be times where you do miss a session or get sick. Like people got sick this week. Um, a couple people did. It just happens. I got sick earlier in January. Um, and it really sucked because I was just starting to build back into like a normal training structure of actually what to me felt like pretty decent training. And I was excited about it. And then I got really sick for, for like two or three days out of fever. And I, I just felt terrible. And I like, I had to just be like, all right, Right now, I'm forgetting about what the training schedule says for training. My new goal for the next few days is just to feel better. So I, the uh, one day I didn't train at all. Then for a couple of days, I did very little, like very low. Like my first run, I ran six six minute per kilometer pace. 
which is, you know, like a minute per K slower than normal. And I ran for like 30 minutes and that my heart rate was what, what I normally do at five minutes per K. So I was still like getting through it and just doing things that I could do to feel better. Um, because that then became the most important thing. And I think we focus a lot on the details, but like big picture, the best thing is to get better and not to train really hard and just keep myself in the hole. Um, and so like sometimes being a little bit easy on yourself when things aren't going well, it's better in the long term. And that's kind of where, you know, people like, I think everyone at this that got sick here did a great job of that. Um, you know, just took a day off, recovered, did their best to kind of rehydrate and then see how they felt moving forward. And, uh, and nobody was really super down about it either because like, Hey, if you're going to get sick, January is not a terrible time to get sick. Terrible time to get sick is freaking the day before the world championship. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, number five, I think Jack, you can take this one again. This is purpose. Yeah. So this is kind of where we went back to like, uh, we just alluded to earlier, like what is the, like, why are you doing the sport? Right. So all these sort of tips on how to like get everything out of your training and how to not miss things and how to rearrange things are, are very different depending on that. So if you're, if you're in it just to be fit and to make friends, to train with people, to stay healthy, um, missing a workout here and there's not a big deal. And if it's going to be less stressful for you to miss one, then you, then you can miss one. Um, and that's, I think, I think that's so, so important is a lot of people get into the sport and they just keep going with it and getting better and spending more money and going to these places. And like, sometimes you got to stop and ask yourself, why are you doing this? Um, and I've had to do that a lot. Like sometimes it's just not fun anymore. And I'm like, what am I doing? Like, why am I doing this? And I think this is what I got away from last year is like, I kind of was just going through the motions and I wasn't really like invested in it mentally. Um, and I've kind of had a chance to like reflect and think about, do I want to be doing this? What do I want out of the sport? And I really do want to pursue it at the highest level I can, but I don't believe that I was doing that last year. I just, the little details weren't there. Um, I was skipping little sessions that aren't necessarily super, super important, but they are when it comes down to, it just represents how much do you care about it? Um, so for me, the purpose is to get as good as I possibly can. And that's why I've, you know, been very focused um, on doing a better job of that this year. But yeah, I think like everybody has a bit of a, a different purpose, but like someone like Garrick, for example, I don't even understand how he does it, but he, he wants to perform at the highest level and he works at least full time and coaches people. But like, I guess for you, you, you probably have more experience on like, fulfilling your purpose in the sport because you've got all these other things going on and you're still doing it. Yeah. I think you have to be honest with yourself on like what motivates you. And because there's a lot of like people out there who you see it all the time. They make these really like, they make these posts of like, like David Goggins um, quotes and stuff. And like, that's cool if that gets you like motivated and stuff, but every day that's just not my thing like i have a lot of fun doing this it takes me to some awesome places but for me it's it's getting as much out of myself as possible and like when i step 
step on the start line, like what gets me to the start line isn't necessarily beating other people, but it's performing my best and what I feel like makes me the fastest and whatever outcome that is, that's the outcome. Like when I get racing, I do want to beat people pretty badly. Like I'm very competitive, but day to day, that's, that's not what, what drives me. That's not my purpose. Um, like I just want to go as fast as I think I can. And I, I don't think I'm anywhere near that now. And that's a very frustrating thing, but as fast as I can do with, with what I have too, right? Like I do have goals outside of the sport and, um, like professional goals outside of triathlon. So I'd like to accomplish that, but a lot of triathletes, age groupers, like we are just generally high achievers. And that's kind of what we do. Like how many, how many age groupers, do you know, that are like very successful in their career um, and very successful in, in triathlon. I, I think you, if you're a CEO, you have to do a triathlon. I think that's like part of it. It seems like, <laughs> so I think you really touched on a really good point there of like, when you do that race, you get to the start line, you want to have the best race that you can have for yourself. And I think that's, you know, that that's like internal validation. Like you cross the line, you know, you had a good race. And and I've been there before where I've had a good race and just, and it just wasn't the position I would like to be. Like I had a, I had a really solid race at Indian Wells and I was, what place was I fourth? Or was a fifth? I don't even remember. But I didn't get on the podium. But it was one of my better races of the year. And it's just Mark and Sam and the Norwegians freaking race really well. And the tactics didn't play out in the way that I would have liked for me. And and I ended up fifth, I think it was. So that's just kind of how, how it goes. But it's looking finding that validation internally is is really huge because it's all you can control. Like, and it's really when you go to bed at night you want to know you did your best and, and you kind of gave it everything you had and i think people really look at like times and like i don't know all world athlete status and whether you qualify for world championship or not but a lot of those things aren't necessarily in your control um so yeah definitely fulfilling your own purpose in the sport is like yeah. so key and knowing what it is for you and like that's i think the first step um, and even if it's literally just, I just want to be fit and, and be healthy. And I like swimming, biking, running, that's still a freaking triathlete. Like that's, that's what it's all about. Like, that's cool. And maybe you do like one or two local races and like, you just have fun with it. Yeah. That's awesome. And like, you gotta be honest with yourself for, so for an at like a mid pack athlete, like myself, mid pack pro mid pack, sorry, mid pack pro, like. <laughs> you know, I'm trying to compete with guys who are going to the wind tunnel and their sponsors are paying them hundreds of thousands of dollars. Like I've, I've worked to the point in my life where I, I can afford to, to invest in myself in the sport and not have to seek, you know, sponsors and stuff for certain things. And I, I can get the best equipment and like, I have to, and if, if I want to go fast, that's what has to be done, um, which is unfortunate that it's come to that point in the sport, but it's also kind of a cool aspect, like seeing all the cool technology and stuff and being on a really fast bike is really cool and it's really fast, but in order to compete, like that's kind of the reality of where the sport's at. So for me, I, yeah, I do have to have like remind myself of my purpose is like, yeah, I want to go as fast as, as I can. So yeah, I'm, I'm going to buy a ceramic speed bottom bracket <laughs> it's gonna save me five watts well also like, we're gonna be going to the velodrome bud 
We are. We should probably be leaking that. Because if we yeah. say we're going to do it, now we have that means there's at least a 5% higher chance yeah. that we will do it. Yeah. And uh, so that... Yeah. Yeah, so that's that goes with what I said yeah. too. Like, same thing for me is I I need to do those things because if I don't, and I think, geez, like if I did that, maybe I would have saved 10, 15 watts. That's a lot of speed. It's a lot of speed, and uh, yeah, it's you know I kind of agree. Like, it is almost a bit unfortunate. Like, wouldn't it be cool if we just all had to ride like the same bike with <laughs> the same like the same? There's certain restrictions, but like a road bike, even it's just like yeah. go ride this bike. You can't put anything else on it. You can bend over and get as air as you can. And that's all you can do. Like it's, it would be cool. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, the technology aspects also really cool. Like a different helmet can save you a ton of different, a ton of time and like disc wheels. And those things are all old now, but the, with the new front ends, they're like getting super tight against your forearms. And that helps. I'm, I'm getting the fast TT arrow bars coming in that Nick had. I tried, they're super comfortable and they're like way more arrow. Um, so that's also neat how you can just be like, oh, I'm pushing the same power and going way faster now. And it just like, it's fun to go fast on a bike. Let's be honest. Yeah. I mean, that's why we do it. And like, yeah, yeah I mean, you touched on road bikes. I got a new road bike last year and I was shocked at how much faster that road bike is. It's not even a top of the line road bar. Like I just bought one off Facebook marketplace from some guy. It was a 2023 20, Quintana Roo SR5, not even the SR6. And it was crazy way faster than my five-year-old uh road bike well maybe it's a little older than that five or eight-year-old road bike that i had before my old scott that was like the team issued that i bought from the scott racing team <laughs> and like it's just crazy how how much technology has changed so speaking um, of road bikes i haven't ridden a road bike in over two years i just like hadn't hadn't trained on it consistently i had one last year but didn't really use it but I got the new the new Ventum NS1 by now. Um, but in any case, it's just fun to ride a road. Like, I got so obsessed with riding my tri bike. I think I'm going to mix in some more road bike rides this year because I rode this whole week on it. And it's just like, it's just, there's something a little bit more pure about it. Like, you're just on a basic road bike. You, you don't have to deal with any of like the aero bar stuff or crazy hydration, hydration systems. And tri bikes are terrible to go over bumps with, let's be honest. Yeah, I've been bunny hopping speed bumps here on the tri bike. It's been fine, but you know. Next year we're gonna suggest that everyone brings a road bike if they can because it's yeah. just way more uh group friendly. Yeah. So. But yeah, it's been fun. I've I've uh I've enjoyed the riding outside because honestly I haven't ridden outside much and I still think that like the indoor training is gonna be my main go-to for sure. Um throughout this year but yeah and that comes back to purpose the reason we ride the trainers because the quality of it is so much better the quality of it's better and the and preparation's easier it's safer um and for us it's about performance right like we want to go fast so if you're about enjoyment if your purpose is enjoyment and some people not. like swift a lot though i do enjoy swift yeah i've come to enjoy it but we were chatting with and it's not to say that the trainer is the only way to get fast because we're chatting with Lisa about this and Lisa Bacaris. And she she only really rides outside when the weather's anything decent. She'll ride outside. And she's a very strong cyclist. Mm-hmm. Um, I do think it depends where you are because when you're in Boulder and you have left-hand canyon, which is like a 2 or 3% grade for a long time, that's pretty much like riding a trainer. Yeah. 
Um, whereas if you're in Ontario, anywhere yeah, you're living in Essex County, good luck finding any stretches for more than five minutes without a stop sign. That's not crazy, busy, dangerous. Um, yeah. So for people who live in a situation like what I live in Guelph, where there's some decent riding and there's so, certainly you can get a good ride outside, but I, my, my cycling took a huge jump up as soon as I committed to doing at least one workout quality session per week on the trainer year round. Um, and the more trainer I added in, the better I've gotten. So, you know, yeah. that's my own anecdotal piece, but if but we've also spent years riding outside and improving our bike handling skills, for sure. I wouldn't, what I do, which is almost only trainer, I wouldn't suggest for everyone. Um, but yeah, definitely the one quality session a week, I think is a good, a good thing to try, even if you're hesitant, for enjoyment purposes, for training purposes, I think it's very good. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so yeah. those are some of our pro tips that we've picked up from people this week. And also pros aren't perfect. Like I think every pro has a lot of pros have categories where they're not perfect at all. And we've seen that, especially now with people doing like YouTube and showing everything they do and stuff like nobody's, nobody's perfect um and you know it's not to say that all pro athletes do every single category like to a t um and and i've screwed up before like when i got sick in 2023 sort of right before the u.s open which was terrible timing uh which i alluded to earlier about the timing of getting sick that was me not going easy enough on you know one of the key recovery days probably towards the end of that block and you know i I bet I'd be willing to bet if I took that one recovery day really chill instead of doing longer than I should have riding and a little bit more intensity than I should have probably wouldn't have got sick. So like I was, I just didn't stick to the plan in that and um, you know, screwed it up and that was my fault. So yeah, pros are always learning too and finding ways to do these things better. So it's not like we're perfect. Yeah. We're all just trying to figure it out. That's just life, isn't it? You're just fumbling your way through, trying to figure it out as you go. Exactly. Um, anything else we should touch on for this episode? Next thing's coming up. Not really a lot of racing. Uh, first race of the year will probably be Oceanside. And I'd like to do that that Super League Arena Games in Montreal again, but I haven't even heard anything about it. I bet you it's not happening this year. Yeah, I don't know if Arena Games are happening at all this year. I haven't heard anything. Dang. But that was a really cool event. I liked watching that. I had my one shot, one opportunity, one moment. Was it everything you ever wanted? Ah, I don't think so. Anyway, <laughs> um, we better freaking get to sleep here because we've got a four-hour ride, some kind of a run. Are you going to run? Yeah, I'm going to run. And an easy swim tomorrow. So Yeah, so uh, hopefully this episode goes out fairly soon um if not or yeah if it does go lions get to the oh, super yeah. bowl big deal big big deal if you're not cheering for the lions i'm disappointed in you it's america's team really <laughs> i don't know about that but anyways that's been another episode of the real triathlon podcast until next time peace out, out. Flying through the sky in my parachute Dancing on the couch like I'm Tommy Cruise On a one-man mission trying to see it through